Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Spark London. We tell true stories. We tell them live. And we tell them all across London. This story was performed by Olivia Knight. In April 2009. Where the theme was tests. Um, so, <clears throat> it was 2000, it was the millennium, and um, I was going on a skiing trip with lots of friends, and I took two weeks off work. And at the end of this holiday, I'd never skied before, and I was really enjoying it, and, and I was feeling really confident, and I was managing to get on red runs and all this kind of stuff. And I was having such a great time, and I was thinking about going back to work. And I said very loudly in front of 12 people I was on holiday with, oh, fuck's sake, I really wish we didn't have to leave tomorrow, and I wish I didn't have to go back to work. So the first test in this story is really testing that whole thing that, you know, if you wish for something, might it actually come true or might it not? Um, so I put that to the test and then the very next morning, <clears throat> just about 10 minutes after saying, I really, really, really wish I didn't have to go back to work tomorrow, I went up to the very, 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 very top of a red run and skied down it and broke my back and had four months off work. So that was the first test that I succeeded in proving that if you wish for something really hard, it can happen and it comes true. Um, but just going back to the sort of story and giving you a bit of a flavour of it, there's another test, which was standing at the top of that mountain um, with my boyfriend of four years, who was like a really incredible skier and black runs and all that kind of stuff. And I'd been with my little pole at the beginning of the week with the children who were about that high learning and getting really cocky. And as I later found out from all the ambulance and doctors in the hospital, it's always the last day of the holiday that you actually test yourself um, and push yourself to ridiculous extremes that you're not capable of doing because it's the last day and what the hell, what's the worst that can happen? Is what I said to myself at the top of the mountain. And I actually, again, totally verbalised it, went, what's the worst that can happen? Not thinking the worst that could happen is that you could die. I thought, what's the worst that can happen? I'm getting quite good at this, I'll just give it a go. So, standing at the top of the red run, and noticing all these people who are doing that thing where you do that instead of that. Um, and that whole stuff about don't lean into the... Do the opposite of what's comfortable for you or some other sort of skiing lesson that I didn't really take in. I started trying to do the thing about the going that way and then just thought, this is really annoying. 
my boyfriend Laurie said, look, forget it. There's lots of people who were like giving up, walking down the side. It was really icy. It was quite dangerous. Um, and he was saying, let's just get to the edge and just shuffle down on our bums. But I was thinking, that's a bit embarrassing. You're a really good skier. I'm feeling really confident. It's the last day. What's the worst that could happen? So I just went like that. And I just went like that. Really, really, really fucking fast. And as I was going down, I was thinking, I know the worst that is going to happen. I'm going to die. So I went off piste, up in the air, landed on my back, absolute agony. Couldn't even scream, couldn't breathe. Started wiggling my toes, thinking, can I feel my toes? I know that thing about testing if you've been paralysed or not. Um, which I sort of couldn't work out if I could feel them because I was in such agony. I didn't know what bit of my body I was feeling and what, where the pain was coming from. Um, so I tested that whole thing of what's the worst can happen. It can be pretty bad. Um, but I didn't die, so that was okay. Um, but really, I think I was testing... comes back to that thing about are you... I wasn't drunk, actually. I was kind of drunk on enthusiasm. So testing my own abilities and testing how stupid I could be, I suppose, come into that sort of hill. Um, Anyway, get airlifted down, get on one of those things where they wrap you up like a corpse and take you down, and then the ambulance that comes and takes you to the hospital, where I stayed for like three weeks. But the next test came, which was testing an old wives' tale, which I just love, because up until this point in my life, I've been told this literally weekly by my nan, and I always just thought, you're like crazy wartime mentality that thinks this is appropriate for me, and I'd never really understood it. And the advice was... um, Always make sure you're wearing nice, clean, white cotton <laughs> underwear because you might get hit by a bus. <laughs> so I'm always just thinking, I don't understand the correlation really. Like, wear nice, clean underwear because it's nice to wear nice, clean underwear. <laughs> don't like wear dirty underwear. <laughs> but not because you might die and embarrass the family being hit by a bus. So I usually did wear nice, clean underwear, not always cotton white, but always definitely clean. Um, but when you're skiing, what I hadn't factored in because I'd never been skiing before is that you ski all day, then you come home and have a shower because you're feeling wet and cold and whatever. And then if you've only packed seven pairs of underwear for your seven days or two, 14 days, whatever it is, you don't always pack the extra ones to then get changed in the evening. So on that very morning that I'd wished I didn't have to go home and start work the next day and therefore had broken my back, testing that whole first thing, um, I didn't have any underwear on at all. So, I didn't have any, I didn't have any left. So, that morning, I had also said, really loudly, I don't know what it was, this day I was just like saying everything out loud and it was all just happening, I said, oh fuck, I've not got any knickers. Oh well. Put my ski stuff on, off I went, leggings, waterproof things, went off skiing, happy, 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 nearly dead. Um, in the hospital, doctors, all of me, pulling off all my stuff, pulling it all off, pulling it all off, cutting me out of my trousers, cutting me out of my trousers, laying me on thing. <laughs> and in my absolute agony where I didn't even know if I was like paralysed from the waist down I thought actually I'm embarrassed I definitely have feelings down there because I'm now really embarrassed that you can just see me lay there so that was the third test I definitely proved my nan right that you should always wear clean underwear and you could any moment be hit by a bus or a ski slope or whatever um, and then I spent Three months after that, when I got airlifted home, in, in bed, being really bored, and I couldn't move because I was bored and that kind of thing. But then I tested my resourcefulness, and I think a bit of creativity, and also just the boundaries of boredom, um, which was that I couldn't do anything. I couldn't even watch telly, because I couldn't look up, and I couldn't read a book, because my arms were so weak, I couldn't hold the book above my head. 
Um, but my nan again, lovely nan, um, I don't know why I was feeling sort of miserable and depressed and obviously kind of thinking of things that comforted me and what used to comfort me as a child was playing with my nan's button tin. And she's had a bit of shit loads of buttons in it. Um, so I said to my nan, oh, can I have your button tin? So she bought me a button tin, some grapes and that kind of thing, sandwiches with crust cut off. And I started to sew these buttons together and I made the most ridiculously elaborate button necklaces, which I still have a few of. And being like sort of stupidly ambitious about really weird things, I decided it wasn't enough to lay in bed making button necklaces, that I was going to try and sell them. So um, I think I was starting to get better by the end of the stage I'd made them all because I started to make a lot of telephone calls and even write some letters um, to all the magazines in the UK and managed to get a massive feature in Marie Claire um, about hot trend of the month, button necklaces. And then they accompanied this whole page with all other things that had buttons. I'm like, shoes from Stella McCartney with buttons and all these things with buttons. And it was just all like me boredom and being a bit. Um, but the button necklaces took forever to make and buttons actually aren't that cheap once you've got through your nan's supply. They cost like 20p per button and my necklaces are like, it's amazing. Um, so I put my address. And a crazy woman from America paid £650 for a one-button necklace. <laughs> um, so I tested kind of the boundaries of boredom, whether you can be creative in strangely confined spaces, and how much money crazy rich Americans will pay for a load of old tat. And that was my final test. And here I am. For more stories, head to sparklondon.com. Spark London is produced by Joanna Yates. With audio production by Matt Hill at rethinkdaily.co.uk. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.